time you see the stars in the skies, I already burnt out. Same way these dudes be shining, but been burnt out. But we don't change as we get stuck in our ways. We just act like we agree so we can end the exchange. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. It's been the one and twos. 877-37-GRIND is your number. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. All right, so... um yeah, we've got some, uh, before we move on to the other games, we've got some Facebook Live comments coming in. Let's see who we got. Um, I know, well, I'll respond. We got one of them about the draft in uh, Broncos. I'll respond to that one when we get. Who is that page up a little bit, Jonas, up there? No, uh, uh, it was Adam Martinez yeah, about Adam. the draft. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to you, Adam, when we get into the draft talking answer. But for the meantime, Dwayne's checking in. He says, yes, if LeBron would have said what Giannis would have said, he would have been blasted. Exactly. And Dante's checking in. Calvin, it's a different generation. And it, he goes, it ain't just Giannis. They different. Yeah. The, and it's more about the difference of the people that accepted it. And, and I'm pretty sure he had some criticism. There's no way I'm the only one in yeah. – uh, you know, that basically felt or thinks the way that I'm thinking. And I like Giannis. Like, if I didn't like him, I'd tell you. I like him. It's just the fact of it is, is that that – because I would have even – if he would have said all that to prove a point because this is the society we're in, you know, it's culture, country, whatever, sees things different, came from poverty, whatever. If he would have said wanted to take that and use an example, but then at the end of it say, hey, well, you know, we do play for championships and titles here, so it was a failure in that sense, yeah. But a whole season is a failure, no. Even if he would have done that, I wouldn't even came in here with that segment. I probably would have still brought like, man, really, okay. But I wouldn't have I wouldn't have came with this. I wouldn't have came with. I wouldn't have spent a whole segment on it. I had to rewind it. I'm like, did he just say what? I, is he talking in Greece? Is this Greek? Let me see if he said this in English. And I had to rewind it. And sure enough, I'm like, oh, my God. Well, no wonder. Wish I would have had a future at the Mandalay Bay then on the heat. Because, damn it, they were like plus, like, damn, they're plus probably 800, 1,000. If I knew that this is really the mentality that's in this locker room, we know now. <laughs> we know now. I mean, they'll, you can never take that championship away from him or Bud. They're champions. But that's how you get beat by an AC. They were supposed to win that series whether Giannis played a game or not, period. It's just weird. There's something off in that, and it's going to be interesting where they go and move on from. Also, it showed us last night you had the Memphis Grizzlies who was facing elimination down 3-1 to one, coming back to their crib, the Grindhouse. Uh, they were able to go ahead and prolong their series and send it back to the Crypto Center as they defeated the Los Angeles Lakers. Um tell of that game you know LeBron just it was crazy because you know LA I think first quarter they kind of weathered the you know the storm they got back in then the second quarter they made this run after getting down and then all of a sudden like a little bit before halftime and even really pretty much really the start of the third quarter that opening that third quarter just got away from them and and LeBron talked about it he didn't have a good game you know um he just said it's on me he didn't really have a good game he didn't do his job he's got to step up he'll be better he didn't sit there and say, well, it's technically it wasn't a disappointment or a failure tonight because we still got two more games to win to finish the series. Okay. But anyway, the truth of the matter, trust me, until he gets another one, until Giannis gets to the final get another one, I ain't let, I'm always going to be bringing that up. He, he, he told on himself last night. He was trying to do a good gesture for the kids, the youth, or whatever, the family, his country. He told on himself last night. And until he gets another one, no. 
Uh-uh. But what are you going to say so we can move on? Well, yeah, well, in in that same spot. So if LeBron now comes out, you know, and, and they should fall this round or next round, um, does does Giannis's statement kind of open the door for LeBron to say that, and then the media has to look in the mirror and say, "Well, we didn't get no, on Giannis for it." No, because it ain't because it ain't LeBron's DNA. It ain't LeBron. The life, life is life. Basketball is life and death with Mister James. <laughs> Giannis ain't cut from what LeBron's cut from. He might be as talented. I mean, he might be when it's all said and done. I don't know, scoring title, I don't know. But, I mean, you know, Giannis ain't no, he ain't chopped liver. He's going to go down as one of the greatest players to play this game. But he ain't cut from the same cloth LeBron is. Notice I didn't even see Kobe or MJ. I said LeBron. LeBron wouldn't, LeBron, he wouldn't even answer a question like that. It's not even in his DNA. Whether he's playing GM as you think or not, he ain't going to sit there and say, nah, man, it, it technically, do you get a promotion every year? Do you get a per- nah, Giannis? I would have told you know if that was me, I would have told him nah, man. I ain't making but nah, but you signed for about thirty. You getting forty? And this ain't about my profession. It's about is it a failure? Yes or no? Answer the question. They won't let a real one into me. That's why I, I, that's why I don't like to go, especially down here, man. Especially down here. But nah, man, nah. LeBron ain't even in his DNA. But he didn't have a good game. Give credit to Memphis. You know, the two young guns got going. Ja was able. I mean, again, Ja's the the crazy thing, me watching Ja Morant, is I always like I want to speed things. I want to know exactly what is Ja, what is gonna be the difference in Ja when he loses that athleticism? Like what kind of player is Ja gonna be, you know, in year 10, 12? Cause this kid, this well, not kid, this young man, kids don't tote firearms. Or that that toast, as the kids call it, in the clubs. So this young man, he's just he he can jump out of the gym. I mean, two plays last night, he went over LeBron and AD to tip the ball back in the hoop. And keeping in mind, he ain't even a hundred percent. So, to me, I still got LA winning the series. Um, Game six should be competitive. I think I think Memphis should be ready for that push, like from the first quarter on. Because remember, they got killed in game three. It was over with the like at the six minute mark of the first quarter. But I think they'll be a little prepared. The question is, are they going to be able to execute on the road? And does some of that shooting at home travel to the crypto center? But I think LA is still in control of the series. I think LeBron being a champion, a four time champion. Uh, being through a, a ton of finals, a ton of conference finals, he knows how important it is to probably close them out in L.A. instead of trying to go on the road in a game seven. I think he understands, look, I know I got AD, but I don't know if he gets it. ain't D-Wade, okay? I don't know about going to, <laughs> I don't know about going on the seven road. He ain't D-Wade. So I think LeBron knows, let's try to do this at the Crypto Center and, and get done with it and move on. And that would be, look at that, you would have, that would be a seven over two, so you would have a two and a one already gone in both conferences, which the way this NBA season went, this shouldn't surprise us that we could just end up with a pot of gumbo for the final four. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just uh, that, that's the reality of it is. But I think they're still in control, but they've got to clean it up. And I think, you know, the question is Memphis, can they get it back to FedEx Arena, whatever the hell they call it now? I think it should be a situation. Are they going to be able to withstand the punch? And are they going to keep their composure to be able to execute? 877-37-GRIND. Also, we saw 
the Golden State Warriors finally be able to crack through and get a win on the road as the light-skinned Splash Brothers strike once again. Okay, I think they went for a combined damn near almost 60 or more. I think Clay had a hell of a game. Um, you know, that you know, sometimes Clay's got that name, big game, six game Clay. Well, this was game five. But look, this just came down to, and Darren Fox gave it a go. I didn't think he saw any ill effects of the finger uh, last night. Not saying that he wasn't in pain. I know he's playing with a splint. But Golden State, they were able to go. Draymond had a heck of a game, you know, with the, on the defensive side of the ball and rebounding. This is just why it's hard to throw a team like this with that makeup, with that coach, dirt on them. It really is. I mean, I'm talking about to where they had to come into this thing, the regular season, and also how awful they looked in game one. I told you that Golden State was going to win one of these games in Sacramento. I didn't think Sacramento was poised enough, and I didn't think they had the experience enough to defend home court for all games in Sacramento. Now the ball is in Golden State court, and they've got to go and close it out. They've got to close it out at home. Uh, they do not want to go back to Game Seven in Sacramento. Now, granted, when you've got Steph, you've got Clay, you've got Draymond, you've got Steve Kerr, you can go win a game anywhere. But the reality of it is, they have not been a good road team, and I think it's very important for them to go out and close it out in six. And I think they will, uh, you know, tomorrow. If not, then we're in for a doozy for Game Seven. But the tricky thing about it. You are who you are at this point in the season, inexperienced or not, and they've showed us poise in the first couple games, even in Golden State they lost. Sacramento's been a good road team all year. They've been the best, third-best road team in the league, I think, all year. So Mike Brown sounded a man of confidence yesterday, saying, hey, we've got to go get one at the Bay. Our guys will be prepared for Thursday, for Friday night, and that's just where it's going to be. Not, well, did you get a promotion? Did you like, did you perform today? Did you like the way you performed when you were in front of your computer writing your articles today? It's fed, man. It's a belly full talking last night. 30, 40,000 square foot home to get to go to. About a hundred something in the bank. Worth about maybe a half already just in assets, commercials after other. Everybody loves Giannis. He told on himself last night. And I like the guy. I mean, how can you not like him? And that's the reason why he's getting a pass for those comments. And that was the point I was trying to make. But Golden State. Now, you thought Sacramento was going to get that W last night, Mr. Clark. So I did. And uh, I said specifically I felt like Sabonis needed to step up. I mean, 21 points. But I, I, I still need more from him. I mm. really need him to be the force that yeah. he was, and I, maybe he's just I'm having a difficult time dealing with the size. Golden State, Kayvon Looney. Uh, he's laying on him, doing good defense. Yeah, the body-wise. I think Sabotis has had a pretty good series, more than that, but definitely on the road, going to Golden State, trying to get it back to Sacramento. They're definitely going to have to have all hands on deck, and they would need a big game from Sabonis. But I think Golden State knows the uh, priority to try to get this series over, you know, immediately you know, to get it over now. So tonight we've got an elimination game uh, in the ATL, Chocolate City. Boston's coming in after squandering their opportunity to close out at home. They'll try to do it in hot Atlanta. Um, I think the last time I checked, I think they're a seven-point favorite tonight. Look, to be honest with you, I don't know. 
I mean, Boston should come out and win this game tonight to get it over with. I think they jacked around back at home in Boston in game five. But when you give a team confidence and now all of a sudden they're playing with house money and they're trying to maybe make history and, you know, Trey here's the whole over most overrated player in the NBA and the trade talks and this and this and that. Now you've got a fight on your hands. Um, and I think the key tonight, Boston has to come and jump on them early. They've got to jump on them early because I feel like if you try to play from behind tonight, um, and I'm not trying to make it seem like Atlanta's got this great, great home court advantage, but if you let them play and you're trying to play from behind tonight, the pressure's just going to mount after every quarter. Like, man, we really about to blow a 3-1 lead or 3-0. They were up 3-0, right? Am I not mistaken? Uh, or was I'm it 3-1? I'm pretty sure. Let me double I, check I think it, it might but... be 3-1, not 3. I don't think they got to 3-0. I don't think, but that's even more awful. But I think it was 3-1. But anyway, that pressure is going to start to mount it, it, the closer this game go, gets in the quarters. But tonight, what I'm looking for, win or lose, I'm looking for a big game for DeJounte Murray. He owes him. Now, he's had a good series. I mean, for his first playoff run at this, this is the reason why he wanted to be a part of this stage. He's had a great – he's had a good series. I won't say great, but he's had a good series. But I think tonight from the suspension, your teammates go on the road to allow you to play basketball another day this season. They get the W. They were down. They could have folded. You're coming back home. They traded multiple picks for you. DeJounte needs to have a big game in points and on the boards. I want to see how he responds after suspension because that will tell me a lot about really where DeJounte's head's at because that's normally what the good ones do. When, you, when you're when you in, especially in a series, when you feel like you're suspended, like whether it's you, you do something that's after the game. I mean, you do something, you bump into official. When you do something that's self-inflicted, and it hurts your team. If you're one of the good ones and you're one of the greats, and I don't think I'm not saying DeJounte's gonna be one of the greats. You got a long way to go. But if you want to be considered an all-star, which he's made an all-star before, and you want to be considered an all-star type of player in this league, this is the type of game that I believe after a suspension like that, especially at home, you come back and you get you, I mean you 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 go all out for your squad. That that day tonight needs to be if they're gonna extend this to a game seven. It needs to be because of – it's going to be because DeJounte Murray did it on both ends. But I think Boston, I told you how I feel. I think if Adoka is coaching that team, there's no way they're losing that game five. It's it's an edge thing. It took me all season to pinpoint what – is there really a difference uh, between Messina and basically Adoka? And it took me until this year to realize, like, yeah, you know what it is? They just don't – they're I mean, they're playing good basketball. They they started the season on fire. They they played. They didn't have really a big drop-off in the regular season. But the edge, there's an edge that that team had under Adoka last year that they just don't have. It seems to have in that little bit of killer instinct. And we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But they've got to jump on Atlanta early. If they don't do it early and this game comes to fourth, then this could be going to Boston. And now the pressure's really on. Now you're, I don't care that you're going back to Boston. Because at that point, I would be like, look, you've lost two straight to this team. Because what is it, 3-1 or 3-0? Uh, it was 2-0. It was right. And then 2-1, uh, 3-1. Okay. So they were down 3-1. So the point is, if you're able to win two, if they let Atlanta win two straight games to send this back to Boston, I'll sit there and tell you game seven is 50-50. 
Of course, it's hard to win a game seven on the road in the NBA, but I would just say it's 50-50 because if you have a player like Trey, which I still believe my gut tells me he won't be a Hawk next season or past the trade deadline, I should say. He might start the season a Hawk, but I think by the trade deadline next year they'll probably move him. But if you got a guy like that that can get hot and go nuts, and next thing you know he's got 30 or 40, <laughs> and then you chip in a little bit to DeJounte, you could screw around and lose a game seven when you got a player like that can get explosive and get hot in that situation. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so keeping it moving. So we'll see what happens tonight. So we've almost got all these matchups set. You know, Friday night or Saturday, I believe you get your first look Saturday night at Denver and the Suns. That series is going to start in Denver on the road. So I'll definitely we'll talk about that tomorrow before we get out of here. But when we get back, let's talk some NFL draft. Let's look at some veterans that might be on the move, according to usatoday.com. We'll get into all that when we get back. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Piddle and Whiskey, uh, excuse me, by Dosakis. Get a dose. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Piddle and Whiskey. There you go. Keep in mind, Piddle and Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring water is added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Piddle and Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. That is Piddle and Whiskey, which is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and the official whiskey of the professional bull riding tour the PBR Velocity Tour, and it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind and an official sponsor 
of the sports grind. 877-37-GRIND broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. All right, so keeping it moving as we transition into draft day in the National Football League um, that stows upon us is being held out in Kansas City, Missouri, home of the two-time Super Bowl champs, the defending champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and really the things I wanted to touch on, first of all, we can't fail to forget for the Houston Texans fans, this is the first draft, which I believe is very important, of the D'Amico Ryan's era. His first pick is very important because the first pick, regardless if it ends up being a quarterback, ends up being a defensive pass rusher, whatever, that is the cornerstone of the D'Amico Ryan's era. That's a culture setter there. So tonight it's going to be very interesting on what they do it to. And I think, truthfully, I think the Texans have done the best job that I can probably think of in a long time. Leaving majority of the media, the people that really make a living bread and butter covering this stuff, leaving them not knowing what exactly the Texans are really going to do it to. No one really knows. They've done a hell of a job of keeping the rest of the league, the rest of the general managers, the top picking teams around them, few spots behind. <laughs> they've they've got every they've done an excellent job of basically keeping it to the vest on what the hell they're doing at number two. So props to them, but this is a very important pick because it's the I don't care if it's really the quarterback or a defensive position. Because I told you, I just want to know, the because the, it's been a love fest for D'Amico Ryan since he showed up. I just want to know how some of the diehard Texan fans are going to feel, and are you still going to ride and believe and trust the process if it's not a quarterback he takes at that number? Are you going to be patient till to see what happens at 12 or what they do, whether they trade out of that pick, they trade back and move up from 12 to somewhere else? You know, I can see them doing maybe a 2-6, you know, picking that 2, then trading that 12 if somebody wants to trade to move up to 6 to get your quarterback there. I don't know. But I just want to know if they go, and let's just say if it's not even in the first round. Because the word on the street is that everybody feels that every all these quarterbacks have questions. They've got flaws, even Bryce Young. So if you really subscribe to that, it's going to wonder – how, you know, if the Texans look like, look, there's really no one in this draft that we're in love with. Let's continue to build this defense. We'll see. It should be interesting at number two. But at number 26, at number 26, before we get it, because we've got some breaking news that's coming in too. But before we get to that, at number 26 for the Dallas Cowboys, what should they be doing at 26? Compared to what does Dallas fans out there want them to do at 26, whether it's a particular player or just really just a position. Me, in my opinion, I believe in the state to where they're at. You pretty much made a trade for Gilmore and got him for a bag of Doritos. So you pretty much have at least addressed the position that I thought was pretty much the weak link on this defense for the last couple of years. It's the corner position and still the back end of the safety. They still got to address the safety position, in my opinion. 
And they kind of did that with Gilmore at the corner. So the defensive side of the ball, and they spent capital. I mean, you know, drafting Michael Parsons a few years ago. Then they went C.D. Lamb with on the offensive side. I think where this team is at, the money that's invested into Dak Prescott, which we'll be talking new contract for him here pretty soon as well, too. Whether you want to do that, whether Jerry really wants to do that, has he proven himself? We still got those discussions to have. But I do believe that it's a situation where me, in my opinion, at 26, there's really two positions that I believe that probably need to be addressed at, in the first round that I think is important. That possibly that I could sit there and say, okay, I could see them doing that. And I'll give you a third one. It would be, I believe, offensive linemen. Because remember, that's not the sexy thing, but that's what they did for three or four years in a row to kind of build up this last offensive lineman, which ain't that offensive line no more, but y'all know the era that I'm talking about. Okay. Or number two, so I wouldn't kill him for offensive linemen. Number two, I would sit there and look, as much as I've read and raved about the – and this is the first pick. This ain't just my what I think they need to dress in the draft. They got a good amount of picks. But I'm talking about with that 26th pick, as much as I've rant and raved about the tight ends in this draft, okay, if you go out and get one of these stud tight ends, I'm talking about one of the top two to three tight ends in this draft, if they're there by the time you get to 26 and they decide to do that, because they've had like a it seems like they've had a revolving chair at the tight end position post Witten and they've yet to get that guy to solidify that. I mean, you are talking about an organization from Mike Dicka to Jason Witten. I mean, excuse me, to Jay Novacek to Jason Witten. And th- I told you, I think this is a Hall of Fame draft type of tight end. So tight end wouldn't kill him for it. But the third position that I would say that possibly that. I wouldn't totally kill him for it is if one of the top pass rushers fall in their lap at 26 or one of the top middle linebackers because either one of those positions, because I think, and and I would, if I had to choose between one of those, I would say basically probably linebacker. If you could able to have one of the top two or three linebackers fall at that position, if you're going to go defense, because what that's going to do is I believe that allows you really to leave Micah Parsons at his normal traditional where you just let him be loose as a pass rusher. And that's it. You find a linebacker that's really going to play that linebacker. And I think if it's a pass rusher, then what you that does is that frees up another dominant pass rusher on that D-line that really allows you not to be able to so quickly double-team Michael Parsons and triple-team. So that's where I rank it. I think offensive linemen, because I think part of that is the thing with Dak. I do think receiver is a big need for them, but I don't think going – you've already gone first-round C.D. Lamb a couple years ago. I don't really think, you know, the deep – you can find some receivers in this draft, and I really don't think spending a first-round pick over for a receiver over an offensive lineman – a linebacker, a tight end, really makes any sense to me. So that's the way I have it. Well, and don't forget, too, the Cowboys added Brandon Cooks, um, former Texans yeah. wide receiver, yeah. to, that, yeah. to that room. Yeah. Um, when, it, when you talk about the pass rushers, would you prioritize inside or outside, or it just best available? 
I would say best available because inside or outside gives you an opportunity. You can you can convert some of these guys depending on the coaching you got or whatever. So you might be able to draft somebody that can play both inside or outside. But I think either or it's good. It's a, it's what it's my whole philosophy with that is pretty much capitalizing on Michael Parsons. You have potentially if he can stay healthy, you have potentially a generational type of edge rusher, a linebacker in him. And if you can pair somebody else that takes the pressure off of him, or if you can take a inside middle linebacker linebacker to play that position and really line him up every play and let him rush, rush, and all he has to do is worry about that. That's my philosophy on that. Now, one position that I know that they might be looking at need that I didn't bring up would be obviously the running back. And I think from the sexy standpoint of Cowboy fans, they look at the running back. And to me, be honest with you, all the mocks and kind of the with B. John Robinson, I would doubt it very seriously that he would still be there at 26. He might be. It just depends on. I mean, I haven't broken down well, like that team needs this. This wouldn't go. Because again, you can it's hard to predict that because you have teams and you don't really know everybody's philosophy, but you have some teams that they go ahead and do best player available. So to me, you know. And, and to me, that would automatically, like if Jerry would draft him there, let's say Jerry decides to move up to get him, that is, that's box office ticket sales thinking there. Now, not granted that BJ ain't the dude. A lot of experts say he's the best running back in the draft. But a lot of people believe he's the best running back in the draft in the wrong era. Because at the end of the day, the way running backs are treated, Bijan can catch out of the backfield. You know, he's got explosive. And not only that, he's very smart. I, I mean, I've watched a few games of him and I've seen analysts break down. I mean, he can read the blocks very well. He's I mean, he's an old school like, you know, if he would have came out like maybe eight, 10 years ago, or maybe 15 years. Hell, he might be the number two overall pick in the draft. But the reality of it is, is that he might fall to them. But if he would move up to get him, then that would be like, the, you know, of course, Zeke's out the door. You got somebody who's got the UT Texas guy that played college in the state of Texas. That's all business move. But I think those are three positions, and I think they would be able to get a real study. But I wouldn't kill him for the tight end position, and especially if you could get, like the kid from Notre Dame, like a blocking tight end, like a tight end that can – because then, because if you do that, everybody knows if you have a blocking, a blocking tight end, that helps if you have a, a shaky offensive line or it gives you time, it buys you time to be able to build on the offensive line if you have a good run-blocking tight end. Okay. So that's the reason why I wouldn't kill them if they took if they used their 26 pick on one of the tight ends because it is a position that they need to solidify. They don't have a stud at that position. Um, that would definitely help Dak, I believe, on the turnover situation, especially if you know Schottenheimer and and you know uh, McCarthy is going to go ahead and tailor this stuff to uh, to kind of limit the touch. I mean, the interceptions on Dak. I think that's a good recipe. But yeah, but what does Dallas fans want? You can tweet me at, at Sports Grind. You can go to Facebook Live and leave comments. Um, or you can that, call the show, 877-37-GRIND. <laughs> um, let me see here. Uh, we've got Facebook Live. We've got Adam Martinez checking in. He says, Calvin, what will you and the Broncos fans be discussing next year prior to the draft? How can we dump Wilson's contract? Which QB should we draft with our top five pick? Or which should we draft that can help us advance to the next round of the playoffs to defeat the two-time defending champs, the Chief? Well, Adam, first of all, um, advance to the next round of playoffs. They ain't even been to the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl. So it ain't like they're making wild card and they just keep getting beat. They ain't even gotten into the tournament since the Super Bowl trophy. That's number one. Um, and well, I will tell you, 
when you say who should we draft with our top five pick, well, if you're assuming, and you say we, so I'm assuming you're a Bronco fan or root for the Broncos or maybe not, or maybe Adam is just being basically sarcastic. I think trolling a little like bit. Trolling, well, okay, you know, which, whatever. That's right, that's Adam. I, I can't remember people when you say, oh, that guy. Um, a top five pick, uh, first of all, in, in my personal opinion, if the health is right um, and they don't, and they finally get over the cur- curse of injuries, um, and what I know of who Sean Payton is, I don't think this is a team that probably should be picking in the top five next year. So, I, and, I, and, and, and honestly, I think, you know, when you bring Stedman on, and then also, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they don't have any picks until the third round. And they got to hit on that pick. I mean, you don't have any picks in the third round. They could move back in. I think, you know, Judy, they've been basically pretty much waiting and waiting to pick up his fifth-year option. The deadline's like May 5th. But I think they're waiting to get past the draft to make sure they don't. Because if they can sucker somebody to get back in the second round for Judy, I think they're going to do it. But they came out and said, oh, we're not trading Judy, but I ain't believing that. I ain't believing it until the draft's over because you're probably just doing it because you've been negotiating and you really ain't happy with the offers you're getting for them. But if you're not picking the third round, I would say in the third or fourth round, don't. they only got five picks. So don't be, be surprised that one of these fifth picks, you see Sean Payton take a quarterback, even in this draft. So Sean has proven that he, I mean, he doesn't have to have a top four, top five type of drafted quarterback to groom to be successful. The bottom line is Russell has one year and it's 2024 season. This season coming up. The 23, excuse me. No, I'm sorry. Well, the 2023 season, this season yeah. coming up, my bad. The 2023 season, that's one year. It was already talked about in the negotiations of the hiring. The money's not the object. If he doesn't play, Sean does not have to inherit him, and he doesn't have to keep him. I mean, he's going to inherit him because he's the coach of the team. He's on the roster this year, but he don't have to keep him. That's an expensive dead cap money hit, but when you got an ownership group that's basically spending 400000 for new sod, what are you going to say? Who cares? Get lost. I told y'all wasn't going to judge in the first year. I think a lot had to do it. Russ wasn't healthy all the way. But he's, he, there's no excuse from there. So that's the answer to your question. So the best way I did, Adam Troll Martinez. What the Broncos could be doing, you mentioned Judy. I think that's a good transition to USA Today's uh, 12 yeah, okay. veterans that could be moved yeah. on draft day. Um, Judy is in there, but a bit of breaking news here. Um, one of the names also on that list, Lamar Jackson, and reports are uh, from Ian Rappaport, Lamar and the Ravens have agreed to terms. Um, are you shocked that it took to draft day afternoon? No, I mean I'm not shocked that it got done either. Um, I still stand by what I say. Um, you know I think Ravens still play dirty pool. And the whole situation, and that's the reason why he got the non-exclusive tag, because this was a version, a form of, hey, the, the only, Ravens won because they knew that this was about the league and guaranteed contracts, and they know they had the other owners backing, because it was already set in place, so they knew they could sit there, they already knew what the deal was, and let them dangle out there in the wind. But at the reality of it is, they get him coming back. He's coming back now, which they knew he was, and again, I think the Jalen Hurts deal probably helped expedite that because it gave him like, look, man, 
We've seen two contracts come in. None of them have fully guaranteed. So then let's start over. And supposedly to this, this is going to be a contract that's going to be worth more than Jalen Hurts. Is that what you're hearing? Uh, yes. And actually, we now have ter- uh, terms within the last minute um, or so. Uh, it's going to be a five-year deal. Uh, $260 million Oof. for Lamar, the new highest paid quarterback. How much of it's guaranteed, though? Ah, that we don't know. Okay, well, that's that's the million dollar question. And that's Everybody what he wanted, but he's got longevity uh, or, or, or long term security. I feel like rather, I wonder. I'm interested as to how much of this, you know, how much control he maybe has in terms of a no trade clause, and how much of it is upfront money, um, you know, and and how much of it is incentivized. Well, I would tell you if I had to take a stab before the details come out, they might not come out till later this evening tomorrow. If I had to take a stab, and this is a contract of two sixty, I'm going to sit there and say it's two hundred million in guaranteed money. So it's not all guaranteed, that's but it's a, damn near close. It's a good number to have. Because what, what did Jalen? What did Jalen get? Jalen got one sixty five guaranteed, right? Yeah, he's right close think, to that. Okay, yeah. let's say one sixty, one sixty five. So with Lamar, I have Carl coming. Carl's in. coming to say it's one eighty five. I'm scrolling Twitter, so yeah. Well, let's see if we can get confirmation. I don't know if that's a guess by Carl or he's saying that he's got confidence one eighty five. I would sit there if if Jalen is about one sixty, one sixty five, and this is already bigger. This is total two sixty. I would sit there and say. I would you Carl might be right. I don't know if that's kind of, I would say about 190. I would say between 190 kind of and 200. The difference between the two. I would say no more than 200. I would say probably 190. Anyone, I think. You know, that would put him about 30 million dollars more guaranteed than Jalen Hurts, who been to a Super Bowl. Well, Lamar hasn't, but didn't have an uh, Hurts doesn't have an MVP though. True. That's what I would say around there, but we'll see if we can get confirmation on that. You listen to the sports grind. We'll look at more of that list when we get back as well. Also talk a little bit more draft uh, talk as well. Also, you listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Chef! 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.